before I begin, I, I, you know, while we were praying today, I just reminded of this instance where after Jesus got resurrected, these two disciples were so discouraged because they did not encounter Jesus and they just saw. They just knew about the crucified Jesus and they're so discouraged and they're walking on the way to Emmaus. And Jesus starts walking with them and he starts, he strikes up a conversation with them and these disciples have no idea that this is Jesus. And then Jesus starts revealing about himself from the scriptures. He opens the scriptures and starts revealing about himself. And then finally, when they get home, when they were just about to have dinner, that's when they realize, man, this is Jesus. And Jesus disappears. And they look at one another and say, didn't not our hearts burn when he was speaking? And I want to tell you, when the word of the Lord comes, our hearts burn. The, the word over there, it did not our hearts rip open. You know, it's like an operation that happens. Prick, prick is, this is pricking. That's not what happened. The word of God can rip open our hearts so that whatever operation that needs to take place can happen. Amen. See, I always tell you this, your expectation is your seed for transformation. If you can expect God to do something today, he can do it. Your expectation is your seed. Amen? So are you in expectation that God can definitely change our hearts today? Amen? Yes? Okay. Come with me to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 was 1. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and he was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Now, I want you to come to Matthew for a moment. Let's just see Matthew's account of the same instant. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. Then verse, from verse 13, okay? Then Jesus came from Galilee to the, to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. So when Jesus is getting baptized, heavens open and he hears the voice from heaven which says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And at the same time, the Holy Spirit has come upon Jesus. And that's why that verse says that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. When you hear God's word, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. It's hearing God's word that fills you with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 10 verse 44. 
Acts chapter 10 verse 44. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on them who were hearing God's word. So I want to encourage you today. You're not just hearing words of intellect and knowledge that can, you know, that can, that can give you some motivation to somehow make it through life. You're hearing words of life and peace. You're hearing words of the Spirit. That's why it, it and I'm going to say this again, that's why it takes a spiritual mind to understand spiritual things. A natural mind cannot understand spiritual things. Even in the body of Christ, if you see, the, 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 the most things that have a lot of conspiracy around it are the things that can become a blessing for us. You know why there's a conspiracy? Because the devil does not want you to know the truth. Are you hearing me? So much of talk. So much of talk about it. Because the devil does not want you to know the truth. Right? So, when you hear God's word, you are being filled with the spirit. And it is a spirit, it is a Holy Spirit that is teaching you the mysteries of God. Your mind cannot comprehend this. So, yes, sit here with attention. Yes, absolutely, yes. But don't just listen for an intellectual knowledge. It will not do you any good. It will motivate you, yes, for a couple of days. But when you receive it in your spirit, that's why Paul prays, Ephesians 1, he prays like this from verse 16 and 17. He prays like this. I pray that you will open their eyes of, eyes of their heart, enlighten their inner eyes, open their hearts, right? That is where we have to receive God's word, not just here. This is good, but it's absolutely fine if you don't understand God's word. But I'm saying as you sit here with humility, as you sit here with expectation, God's spirit will speak into your life and he will sow those seeds, which is his word. Amen? Okay? So as they heard God's voice, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Right? Now come to Luke chapter 4. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Right? He heard God's voice. What did he hear? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He hears God's voice. He's full of the Holy Spirit and now he is led to the wilderness. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Man, if you are full of the Holy Spirit, shouldn't you book, and book a stadium to preach? But Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, is led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Why? Why is he led by the Spirit in the wilderness? Matthew, Matthew gives us some clues there, okay? So Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. And everybody said to be tempted by the devil. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I used to think, that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness for prayer and fasting. And because Jesus was on prayer and fasting, the devil came to tempt him. No. 
the holy spirit led jesus to be tempted by the devil because he was being tempted he started praying and fasting let me show you something come come to luke chapter 4 and jesus verse 1 and jesus full of the holy spirit returned from jordan and was led by the spirit in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil and he and he ate nothing during those days and when they were ended he was hungry i want to tell you prayer and fasting is a tool against the devil's temptation it is your greatest tool the devil was not tempting him because he was fasting in fact the spirit of god purposely intentionally led jesus into the very temptation do you know why because where adam fell jesus was victorious adam fell in a garden jesus was victorious in the wilderness Jesus is led by the Holy Spirit for temptation and he uses prayer and fasting to go against him come 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 down verse 14 okay Luke chapter 4 verse 14 and Jesus returned in the power of the spirit what does verse 1 say full of the holy spirit what does verse 14 says power of the spirit see the full of the the fullness of the holy spirit leads you into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil but it is after the temptation that you return with power some of you are praying god don't 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 lead me through test but can i tell you you need to go through that test so that you can return with power god is purposely leading you through that test because he knows hey son i believe in you i trust in you i have given you the holy spirit and he will empower you you have the muscles to fight this you need to go through this test so that you can return with power you can return with power but in that in that season of waiting in that season of when you're processing the test prayer and fasting is what will sustain you Do you know why prayer and fasting because prayer and fasting will help you to reckon your body as dead to sin because if you take your appetite off if you stop eating right you can't be thinking of stuff because your body will be craving for more physical needs if you're depressed stop eating especially if you like food Paul says reckon yourselves as dead to sin. How can you reckon yourself as dead to sin? The mind of the spirit is life and peace, the mind of flesh is death. See the more the more we feed our body, there's something it something that it does to our heart. When we turn our source of supply of life from God into this food, anything that is in the bible we talk about tithing we talk about giving we talk about offering we talk about fellowship we talk about communion anything that is there in the bible is for you to experience spirit over your flesh you're training up so that your spirit the spirit of god that is within you can overwhelm and take over the desires of the flesh that's why we pray we pray so that the spirit of god that is in us will overflow 
will flood our hearts, will flood our thoughts, will even flood our bodies. The spirit over flesh, that is what we are praying for. That's why in Romans chapter 8, again and again, he says, hey, do not walk in the desires of the flesh. Walk by the spirit. You are in the spirit. You are in the spirit. If you believe in Jesus, you are in the spirit. The spirit of God is in you. Yes, but every day make a daily choice to kill the desires of the flesh. Subdue the desires of the flesh by walking in the spirit. And for that, you need the ministry of the spirit and the ministry of the word. You need both. You can't just have one. And this, this see... If the devil cannot deceive you by a lie, well, you know how he'll deceive you? He'll take you to one aspect of the truth and lead you to an extreme. So that you will not see the entirety of the truth. You need both the ministry of the spirit and the ministry of the word. Say with me. Ministry of the spirit. Ministry of the word. So in the body of Christ, you see two divisions. One who are... In the extreme of the ministry of the spirit, one who is in the extreme of the ministry of the word, and they are always arguing. What has that argument brought? Nothing. It does not edify anybody. We need both. Ministry of the spirit, ministry of the word, a transformed heart will transform nation. We need both. So powerful, right? Acts chapter 10 verse 44, it says, as they were hearing God's word, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. As you're reading your Bible, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. As you're praying and you're speaking in tongues, God speaks to you and he takes you back to the scriptures. It's all interconnected. Your prayer should lead you back into scriptures and your scriptures should lead you back into prayer. They're both connected. They're not disjoint. You should pray. Read God's word. Pray, read God's word. Pray, read God's word. That is what is going to bring transformation in our lives. Because you are giving absolute permission to the Holy Spirit to work in you and to overwhelm you and to, and to be renewed in our minds. Amen. Okay, let me show you something. Okay, Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Right? Now... Let's come, same chapter. Verse 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty to those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Just like any synagogue, he goes there, takes up a scroll of Isaiah, reads a particular portion. But see what happens next. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant. And sat down and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. They were all waiting. What is he going to say? And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The kind of audacity that you need to take a scripture portion and say, that's not, either you are absolutely nuts or you're full of the Holy Spirit. 
full of the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the signs that the disciples had when, when they started operating in the Holy Spirit was they were bold. They were boldly preaching the gospel. They were boldly preaching the gospel. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that gives you the conviction to be bold. Paul, he spoke to Jews, he preached to the Gentiles, and he preached to the kings. Do you know the kind of boldness that you need? It's not natural. It's not natural. It's not because, it's not because he was trained for that. It's not because he had the natural ability to speak like that. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. See, when John the Baptist, Jesus talks about John the Baptist and he says, you know, anyone who is born of woman, nobody is greater than John the Baptist. But John the Baptist did not do any miracle. Do you know any miracle that John the Baptist did? No. And they all said he is... He is the prophet Elijah. Do you know why they, they recognized him as a prophet? They recognized him as somebody who had the spirit of Elijah? Because of the boldness. Your boldness enough is a sign of the work of the Holy Spirit in you. The boldness to, to, to confront a king and say, hey, what you're doing is wrong. The boldness. The boldness to... To bring God's word. The boldness. You need boldness. And I'm praying that this church will be bold in, in sharing the gospel. Not just to our peer families. Because we are all coming from, we are all second generational, third generation Christians. So it's easy. Everybody has the context. But I'm saying the boldness to preach the gospel. Boldness to preach the gospel. If India has to know Jesus, it cannot happen without you and me stepping out in boldness and preaching the gospel. It's very simple. Somehow, you know, like Paul says, I did not come with eloquence of speech. I came and demonstrated the power of God through your life, through your personality, through your character, in the things that has been bestowed upon you as responsibility through that you have to demonstrate the power of God so that people are curious and they ask you hey how how is your life so different how and it becomes an opportunity for you to say hey silver and gold I do not have but I'm saying you have to contextualize it for our circumstances your workplace is your ministry ground I I would love if all of us had an exposure going to the mission field in, in some village or rural places. But I'm telling you, your mission field is your working place. And, or, and if you're studying, that's, that's your school. So many people who don't know the love of Jesus as much as you know. Share what you know. Share what you have experienced. But bring them to the knowledge of God. Paul says in Ephesians, you know, he talks about how Christ gave gifts to men. He talks about apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists. He talks about them and he says it is so that the body of Christ can attain the 
maturity and to equip them for ministry. I am here, good news, I am here to equip you for ministry. I'm not here to equip you for your job. I'm here to equip you for your ministry in your job. And they shall all be witnesses in Judea and Samaria. Samaria. Right? Crazy. They were all witnesses. Witnesses. It's not just a full-time person's job to witness to people. If you have believed in Jesus, you are a saint. God sees you as a saint. And if you're a saint, you have a ministry. You have a ministry. You have a ministry. You have a ministry. And I'm telling you, when, when you're ministering to people, as much as you speak God's word, you have to spend time in prayer. Because it is through prayer that their hearts are open. It is through prayer that their eyes are enlightened. You know, this world, the prince of this world has blinded their hearts, has blinded their eyes. So even if light falls on it until the eyes do not open, they can't see the light. So prayer opens the eyes and word brings in the light. You need both. You know, back in 2014 when we started the Bible study, we... We started on Ephesians 1. And I just knew it. Nobody was getting anything. Just blank faces. And then, started praying. Start praying. Even today, if I had to preach somewhere, even today before Sunday happens, I'm not belittling preparation, but more than preparation for me. I pray, Lord, open their hearts. Open their eyes. Open their eyes of understanding. Open their hearts. Prayer. Prayer opens, opens. See, because this is not an intellectual thing. It is not. It's a spiritual thing. And only a spiritual mind can discern spiritual things. You know, I, I used to be somebody who used to read religiously. And every morning I would get up 6 o'clock, at least read a chapter. Old Testament is full of stories, so yeah, you know, you read like the stories. But New Testament, I couldn't make sense of anything in the New Testament. I've read Colossians, Galatians, Ephesians so many times and I, I couldn't make sense of it. But then one day, when I received, when, when I knew in my heart that I had the Holy Spirit and I started praying, I started praying in the Spirit, I started spending so much more time in prayer, Slowly, slowly, I begin to realize the word became real. Because you can't understand this with your mind. It's only the Spirit of God that can speak into you the mysteries. So if you're struggling to read the Bible and you're like, man, I'm spending so much time, but this doesn't make sense. It's absolutely fine. Because this is not intellectual. This is Spirit. Spirit of God. So pray. Pray so that you can understand the revelation that is hidden within. Pray. You know, the widow came to Elisha and she said, you know, your servant who worked for you, he died and he has left so much of debt. And Elisha looked at her and said, what do you have? What do you have? 
So what I want to tell you is the answer is right within your reach. You don't have to go to some mountain to get it. It is right within your reach. The disciples came to Jesus and said, let them go. And Jesus said, you feed them. And what did Jesus say? What do you have? It's right within your reach. The word of God is right within our reach. But this will not, this will only start making sense when you combine the ministry of the word with the ministry of the spirit. The extreme of just dwelling on the ministry of the spirit, the extreme is, you know, when trouble times come, you have no foundation. Because it's the word of God that gives the foundation, right? So the extreme side of the ministry of the Spirit is when you neglect the ministry of the Word, you, you experience power of the Holy Spirit, awesome. But when trouble comes, because you have no foundation in the Word, you're like that house that is built on sand. So you fall. The extreme side of the ministry of the Word without the Spirit is that it puffs you up so much that you're just arrogant. You have nothing to show in your life no experience, no testimony, no witness, but it will puff you up. You will know, oh, I know the word, yeah. I know a lot of scriptures. We need both. Because it is a combination that keeps us humble, that keeps us, that makes us realize that we need more, we need more, we need more of God. So pray, 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 and spend time in God's word. Pray. Amen. Hallelujah. First Corinthians. Come with me. First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 14. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him but he utters mysteries in the spirit. When you are praying in the spirit, when you are speaking in tongues... Okay, for example, when you're speaking in tongues, the good news is that only God knows what you're speaking. The devil can't hinder your prayers because he does not understand what you're speaking. Neither can your flesh hinder your prayers because you have no idea what you're speaking. <laughs> it's a good thing. Because if we knew what we were speaking, we probably will stand in our own way of blessing. How many times have we done that? So God is like, let's unplug his mind in the whole process. <laughs> I'll tell you, one of the struggles of speaking in tongues, one of the struggles is, I'll, I'll show you, come with me. Same chapter, 14, verse 14, okay? For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. I'll tell you, one of the challenges of speaking in tongues is that we feel that we're not being productive because our mind is not engaging. When, when, we are, when you're praying in English, Lord, I pray for this, I pray for that, and you spend time, you feel like you've done something. You've been productive. you prayed. It made sense to you. When you speak in tongues, it feels like so unfruitful. That's why I want to encourage you. It's not unfruitful. In the realm of the spirit, it is not unfruitful. That, but you have to engage your mind also as you speak in tongues. 
Because while you're speaking in tongues, while you're praying, your mind is unfruitful. Use your mind also to pray. How do you use your mind to pray? Use a scripture portion. Use a scripture portion. Just start meditating on that scripture portion. So your mind is engaged on a scripture while your spirit is speaking in tongues and praying. When you do that, you don't feel like your mind is unfruitful, but at the same time, you're engaging both your mind and your spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah? So I'll give you an example. I'm just breaking it down just for you to have an example, practical example. Take, take any scripture portion, okay? What I would suggest is, in your daily devotion, read, read a passage. Try to read a passage. And try to read it a number of times. And as you're reading, there will be a particular portion or a passage that the Holy Spirit will put light on. And the moment it does that, you take that passage and start meditating on it. And as you're meditating in your mind, just speak in tongues. I'm telling you, the kind of revelation that you will get, nobody in the world would have told you. Because the Spirit of God is speaking mysteries to you. Do that. You're engaging God's word. You're engaging the scriptures. But at the same time, you're speaking in tongues. You're praying. Okay? Come with me. Same chapter, verse 4. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. Okay? But the one who prophesies builds up the church. Let me take the second portion first. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. Meaning, when I'm standing on the pulpit and when there's a when there's a crowd, when there's a gathering, if I speak in tongues, it will not edify you. I need to speak in a language that you will understand. Right? So, please understand, when Paul is writing 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he is not asking us not to speak in tongues. He is bringing order in the church. Okay? So, he says, hey, when there are a lot of people and you have to speak something, speak something in a language that they will understand. Because what if somebody new comes in and he is like, what is happening here? He'll freak out. So when you speak something in the language that they understand, it edifies them. It builds them up. But he is not necessarily saying, don't speak in tongues. I'll show you. Where does he say, do not, I do not forbid you? Verse 39. So my brothers earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. So he's not saying don't speak in tongue, but he's saying when you're speaking tongue, let there be order. Especially when you're doing it in public, when you're doing it in a setting like this, let there be order. Now, verse 4, come with me. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. So in your private life, you should spend time speaking in tongues. And if you don't have the gift of tongues, earnestly desire for it. Earnestly desire for it. The only criteria for you to start speaking in tongues, the only criteria for you to receive the gift is humility. That's it. Nothing else. If you humbly ask God, God is more than willing to give to you. So when you are speaking in tongues privately, okay, the problem is we don't spend, time, spend a lot of time in prayer privately. In the public, when we come, we want to show off that we are spiritual. That's a problem. But when you spend time privately, when nobody is seeing, it's just you and God. When you're spending time privately, speaking in tongues, you're building up yourself. 
you're building up yourself you're edifying yourself why should you build yourself see when a baby is born you don't feed the baby meat why because the digestive systems have not been developed to handle a solid food so what do you do you start feeding them milk but then as the baby starts growing the child starts eating solid food you want solid food you need to build yourself some of us have gone to church but we're still babies in the spirit because we haven't really built our spiritual inner man paul says i pray that you will strengthen our inner man so you build yourself praying by prayer you build yourself you build your inner man you build your capacity so that when god's revelation comes you see it in multiple dimensions that's why the same word can have different impact on you as you start praying because you are growing see when god speaks to you he uses vocabulary right but if you don't understand the vocabulary in itself what do you need to do you need to go and sit in nursery so that you can develop your vocabulary to understand you know what he's saying so jude writes like this oh i pray that you will build up your most holy faith praying in the spirit see a certain kind of revelation takes a certain kind of maturity without the maturity you will only be left with intellectual knowledge it will not do you any good so you want the revelation to become alive in your life you have to pray you remember the parable of the sower which jesus talks about the seed the seed is the word of god right the seed is the word of god what is the soil the soil is our heart so the seed is the word of god the soil is our heart and it brings fruit automatically based on the condition of the heart is your harvest it is by prayer that you change the condition of the heart so you realizing man i am listening to god's word i am reading the bible i am going to church every sunday but the result is not the same it will not be because this needs to change and this is changed when you allow the holy spirit to transform you through prayer because prayer is you giving permission to the holy spirit come change me here you go so as you allow the holy spirit to change your heart you are building your faith you're building your capacity so the same word is preached every sunday but you are receiving different different dimensions this is spend time in prayer as much as you spend time in word spend time in prayer now you might be like oh this is a lot of hard work let me not spend time in anything let's get rid of responsibility <laughs> okay what is what is speaking in tongues do it edifies you it builds you up okay uh I, i you know edification is also similar to edification is building up but in the process it also has sanctification if you understand what sanctifying means see sanctifying there is this aspect of purification and sanctification where you know our hearts you know our hearts has so much of junk like jealousy 
envy, malice, greed, right? So every time we pray to the Lord, the Holy Spirit is sanctifying us, right? There's that purification happening. But before that purification happens, sanctification sets you apart. It sets you apart. I have an illustration for you. So for example, I was walking on the road and there was a ditch and I did not see it and I fell down on the ditch. Before I start cleaning up myself, I need to get out of the ditch. If I just cleaning up, if I just clean myself staying in the ditch, nothing is going to happen. So when you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, right, when you start praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit sets you apart and then starts cleaning you. Sanctification is first setting apart. Jesus says in John 17, he says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is your truth. So as you're praying, the word of God gets permission to sanctify you, to set you apart. Hey, 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 why are you behaving like this? This is not who you are. You're a child of God. Hey, why are you struggling like this? Let me set you apart. You are class apart. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone who is in Christ, he is a new creation. We believe that. Yes, he is a new creation, but I don't experience it. How do you start experiencing it? By praying. So that the re reality that is deposited right within you, which is within your reach, within your grasp, that reality starts overflowing. And then you start experiencing. See, it's the word of God that tells you of your reality. The word of God is like a mirror. Hey, that's not who you are. Look at the word of God. That's your reality. Jesus is the prototype. Jesus is the word. So as much Jesus came to reveal the Father, he also came what it means to be human. So the word of God reveals who you are, but it is through prayer that we experience who we are. So we need both. So if you only have God's word and you're just meditating without prayer, it's just going to puff you up, nothing else. But if you pray in combination with prayer, then you have testimonies to share. Oh, testimonies. The Bible says the testimonies are a spirit of prophecy. Every time you testify, somebody celebrates with you, that same spirit that worked in you will start working in their life. So I'm saying, yes, we do need God's word. We need scriptures. But let's balance with prayer. Combine it with prayer. It becomes a powerful combination. So you're not just speaking doctrines and you're not just speaking spiritual concepts but it has become a reality for you i've come to a point where i don't argue with people about tithing i used to if you had asked me two years ago i would have argued with people when people say tithing is from the old testament i would have said come let me show you scriptures now i don't you know why you can't unconvince me for what i've seen in my life you can't. I have seen it. I have much more evidence than you. So this word that you read, let that become a reality. 
it will become a reality as you start praying in the spirit amen let me encourage you romans chapter 8 come romans chapter 8 for all those who are still in unbelief of speaking in tongues because your mind is unfruitful and it sounds gibberish for all of you unbelieving believers come romans chapter 8 verse 26 likewise are you there with me likewise the spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought what is our weakness we do not know what to pray for the bible says we do not know what to pray for so let's not argue with the bible okay we do not know what to pray for that's our weakness but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words the good news even the holy spirit is not using words to pray you thought it was your words eloquent words i'm telling you the holy spirit is praying with the groanings which are too deep for words it takes it takes faith to pray in tongues i know that oh gosh it takes faith to pray in tongues because when you're praying you have no idea what you're praying for it is it is faith in god god i don't know what i'm praying but i believe that you know what you what you're hearing it takes child like faith see when a baby is crying somehow the mother knows huh it's potty or it's food somehow the mother can make a difference how i don't know but somehow it's the sounds are the same it's the same wailing and crying but the mother can make a difference when you're speaking in tongues it might feel like you're saying the same words you're saying the same syllables but they are bringing different results it's the same electricity that powers the lights and the fans but it brings different results based on the circumstances that you're going through the holy spirit will direct the power of god in those areas you have to trust the holy spirit to make better prayers for you than you pray the holy spirit can pray better than you and the holy spirit inside of you is interceding for you with groaning too deep but the remote control is in your hand he will not use your tongue he will not force he gives you utterance but the remote control is in your hands so you start praying we start praying because the holy spirit is always praying amen come let's read verse 27 also and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints now say with me according to the will of god the best thing about the holy spirit praying for us is that he prays according to the will of god we have you know sometimes we have no idea what god's will is right we are praying we are praying for these little little things but god has such great plans so when we surrender to the leading of the holy spirit he prays according to the will of the god that's what i'm saying holy spirit praying for you is more beneficial than you praying in your language he's always interceding 
But every time you take that step of faith and you align yourself with what the Holy Spirit is speaking, you begin to experience that reality that is already within you. That is already within you. You know, I saw this meme. I saw this meme. Please, please, I'm, I'm just being candid, okay? Don't, don't get offended. I just saw this meme. So there was this, there was this fat guy. And he, the picture is he opens the fridge. And the fridge is empty. And the text says, everything that you're looking for is already inside of you. <laughs> I want to say this to you. Everything that you're looking for is already inside of you. It's already inside of you. The answer that you're looking for is inside of you. Draw it out. That's what Paul says in Philippians chapter 2. Work out your salvation. Work out. It's already within you. He has deposited within you. The reality of the kingdom is within you. There's one third of your being that is in perfect peace with God. There's one third of your being that is perfectly reconciled to God. There's one third of your being that lives in absolute restoration. But bring it out by prayer. Because it is in prayer you are giving him permission. You're partnering with him. You're giving him permission. And you're saying, not my will, O God, let your will be done. I don't see it. I don't see the entire picture of my life. But I trust in you. I trust that you see the entire picture. So I will make, I will, I will give you permission to pray on my behalf. Than me complaining about these little, little things. Because you know better. And as you do that, you're not just talking kingdom. You're experiencing kingdom. Your life becomes kingdom. Your life becomes kingdom. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. You start experiencing. You, 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 just not, you don't just start experiencing peace for yourself. You become a channel of peace for somebody. And people come to you and they're like, I don't know. But when I talk to you, I feel peaceful. I have no idea why. But you know why? Because it's the prince of peace that is permeating through you. So spend time in prayer. Spend time in word. I know this is basic, but I want to encourage you to push yourself, to stretch yourself more so that you can prioritize the kingdom. If you've been praying for, let's say, don't, if, if you have not been praying, don't start with one hour. Okay? If that's not your habit of doing it, but start somewhere. Make a commitment today. Where can you start? Can you start five minutes? Ten minutes? Start there. But then, keep increasing. Keep increasing your capacity. Keep increasing your capacity. Hold yourself accountable. Find a system where you can be accountable. Find people to whom you can be accountable with. And keep increasing your prayer time. Keep increasing these times of devotion in the word and reading scriptures. Keep increasing, keep increasing, keep increasing. And I'm telling you, as you keep increasing your prayer time, the time that you need in the world to be effective, that will decrease. Because as you wait on the Lord, you shall walk with the Lord in the speed of how God walks. We want that. So we are not doing all of this just for ourselves. We are doing this so that God's kingdom is established. It's all for God's kingdom. 
all for God's kingdom. Amen. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. And just from the bottom of your heart, pray, Lord, I want deep hunger, deep hunger for your word and a deep hunger to pray. Deep hunger for your word and to pray. Lord, because I, I just want to acknowledge that I can't do this by my strength and I need you. I want you. I desire you. Deep hunger. Oh, give me a deep longing, deep hunger. A hunger that will get me out of my bed. A hunger that will get me out of my comfort. A hunger that will push me. Deep hunger. Come on, open your mouth. I'm telling you guys, your tongue has power, so open your mouth and say, Father, I want, I want hunger. Give me a burden for nations. Give me a burden for your people. Give me a burden for the lost souls. Oh, I want to become a channel of blessing. Come on, I just don't want to live a selfish life. I don't want to live a life that is just me, myself and mine. But I want to live for you. I want, to, I want you to live through me. To become a greater channel of blessing. Pray, 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 pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Father, we know that you have released this word in such a time and place as this. And we know that you will fulfill your word. A great desire, a great longing to pray, to intercede for your people. So that your kingdom, your kingdom is established. Oh, Father, we pray, let your will be done. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come in and through my family. Let it, your kingdom come in and through my house and in my career, in the workplaces that I am. Let the reality of the kingdom overwhelm and overflow in and through us. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Father, I just speak peace. The peace of God that transcends all understanding upon our hearts to take us through. Peace doesn't just calm our hearts. Peace restores. Peace is shalom. Nothing broken. Nothing missing. I pray the spirit of peace that, re that brings reconciliation and restoration in our households right now in the name of Jesus. Any family that is struggling, which is chaos, which, which, is, which, is, which is experiencing violence, I pray peace of God. Peace of God right now in the name of Jesus. We take authority upon this chaos and we say no more. Jesus is the king of this house. Jesus is ruling this house. The prince of peace. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. I pray that you will stretch our hearts. You, you will stretch our hearts so that we will not remain comfortable where we are. But we will yearn more for your presence and to walk in your purposes. We thank you, Lord. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.